Welcome to another episode of Coffee and Conversations, where we look at the intersection of relationships, faith, and leadership. I am one of your co-hosts, Michael Clark. And I'm Christian Harden. We're so glad you joined us. All right. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of Coffee and Conversations. We're excited that you've joined us. We hope you will listen, share, and subscribe. As always, we love to hear from you. So would you email us? Would you tell us what you enjoy about the things we're talking about? Maybe some things you would like for us uh, to have here on a future episode. You can do that by emailing coffeeconvospodcast at gmail.com. I think Christian checks those. I don't really know. Yeah, I, I can check them. <laughs> Sometimes we get stuff about. Uh, hey, have Rick Barnes on. <laughs> Rick Barnes. Like yeah. I've got, like I've got his cell phone number yeah. or something. Hey, Rick, you want to come on our little podcast? Hey, Rick, if you're listening. Or, or some people want us to talk to their clients, and it's. Yeah, yeah. If they're, that's always if they're, fun. If you're listening, keep keep reaching out. <laughs> We've had one faithful listener who is begging to be on here. Yes, he may eventually. He may. You know who you are. <laughs> we, we, we'll find something. <laughs> uh, but we like to thank Brent Coffee here in Knoxville. They are not set up on Market Square, even though the flowers are blooming. They are still down there outside the Coliseum on Saturdays. Thanks, city of Knoxville. Yeah, I know. We're getting there. We'll be back in Market Square soon. Um, but Monday through Friday, they're at Fellowship North from 7 to 1030. If you're not in Knoxville, you can purchase their coffee at brentcoffee.com. Very good coffee. It is very, very good. good. What are we uh, drinking? We are drinking uh, Gucci, not Gucci, Gucci. They make great handbags. <laughs> they do. Uh, from Ethiopia. We we slept on, Eth- on an Ethiopian for a while. You thought it was Russian. It was Yurgachev. That is Russian. Eh, first thing comes to mind, yeah. I USSR. guess. USSR. Yeah. So that sounded so good. It was almost like we had done it before. Well, I am so glad, though, that uh, we've got a special guest in studio with us today, someone that has been a family friend. Really, my dad introduced me first to Jeremy, Mm -hmm. uh, Jeremy Graham with True Purpose Ministries, Mm -hmm. and just excited for him to be on and share a little bit about his personal story, kind of what's going on in his his family season of life, Mm -hmm. and then, of course, what God has you doing in our community. So share share a little bit about yourself. Well, I appreciate that, and like we were saying earlier, um, it is an honor to know you and your family. Um, I tell you, there's just two great ministries that are really doing the heartbeat of God. And uh, I tell you, it's an honor to be able to do this with you, brother. And you're a good friend. Um, but uh, of course, uh, you know, my name, of course, is Jeremy Graham, and I'm uh, the president and founder of True Purpose Ministries. And uh, we are a ministry that reaches out to people that struggles with drugs and alcohol. Uh, we have uh, a, a men's campus, of course, several men's campuses, but we also minister to pregnant women who are struggling with drugs and alcohol. And um, we have seen some just great success. And, um, you know, I, I started that ministry because I was addicted to drugs and alcohol as well. My father was a Southern Baptist minister. You may not even mm. know this story. This I did not know my this. Story. This is good. Um, but he was a Southern Baptist minister, and he was also a chaplain in the Army. And so we moved around a bunch. Um, you know, every time we would get somewhere uh, for a period of time, they say three to four years, uh, we would pick up and move somewhere else. And so as a very early age, at a very early age, I started really depending on that social interaction, being cool, stuff like that. And of course, that developed into a drug and alcohol problem. I drank my first beer mm. at age six, and of course, wow. my father is a preacher. Um, yeah. But I drank my first beer at six, smoked my first cigarette. 
Uh, and actually, it was fifth grade um, um, and when I drank my first beer. So I don't know how old I was there, but um, I smoked my first cigarette in fifth grade. Um, you know, just started down that path. And, um, you know, of course, uh, got drunk for the first time in eighth grade, um, started using marijuana uh, ninth, tenth grade. And, of course, it just went very quickly. Um, but, you know, I, I, I found myself addicted to um, the harder stuff, cocaine, crystal meth, pills. Uh, I was what they called a trash can, a human trash can. I would just pretty much get everything I possibly could and put it in my body. And, uh, again, I was trying to fill a void uh, and trying to be cool, trying to be in that inner crowd. And that's why, you know, I love what you do, brother, is that you're really reaching out to the mm. children that are on the streets. And, and that's what they deal with every day. And it was, I can remember being a child and being a kid just not knowing who I was. Um, I did not know my identity. Um, I thought I had to try to be somebody that I wasn't. And every, every place that I went to, no matter if it was up in Boston where I lived or North Carolina or Alabama, I found myself kind of being a chameleon to com you just change colors to, to my surroundings where, yeah. um, you know, where I found myself. And so, of course, drugs and alcohol is one of those things that helped me adapt. And uh, it ruined my life for a while. Mm -hmm. And at age 23, uh, after being evicted from the Army, I got evicted from the Army for drugs and alcohol. You didn't know that either. Um, but uh, I came, you know, I was on the National Guard. I was scheduled to go to jump school. I was in 20th Special Forces Group in Jacksonville, Alabama at a National Guard unit. And uh, right before I was supposed to go to dr uh, jump school in Fort Benning, um, I went on a all-night bender and came in the next morning and um, I walked into the guard unit and saw that uh, everybody was lined up for drug test and you know I could have walked oh, out man. I could have walked out right then and nobody would have known I could have called in sick or whatever but it was like I couldn't it was like uh, it's I don't know if I was being forced I don't you know God doesn't do that but I mean it was just like I could not walk out I had to go face the music and so I went and got in line and the whole time I knew that I was going to fail I knew it was going to happen uh, but I took the drug test and of course got failed or I failed and uh, was evicted and uh, when I of course was evicted from the military I hit an all-time low mm -hmm. my father was in the military um, that was one of the greatest disappointments that you could yeah. ever do to a man who has imagine. been you know uh, actually 20th special forces group he was in 7th special forces group in Fort uh, Bragg and so 20th special forces group was his sister unit in National Guard. And so, of course, he was told immediately what happened. Um, and, uh, of course, I was a disappointment once again to my family. Mm -hmm. um, but, I mean, that was the beginning of my rock bottom. And uh, ultimately, I um, was coming home one day from uh, coming down off of crystal meth, and I lost $1,000 gambling. And um, I, I was at just at an all-time low. And, uh, you know, I heard, my, I heard the, the father's voice for the first time, and he said, what else is it going to take? And I said, wow. absolutely nothing. And uh, I gave my heart to the Lord. And I can remember coming home and telling my father and my mother, and he was fixing a sandwich, and I was weeping, I was crying, I was just repentant. And uh, he was just fixing a sandwich like no big deal. Like I've heard this so many times before. Mm -hmm. This is my father who's a preacher. Yeah. You know, he's heard me say the story. He's heard me say, you know, this over and over and over. Not but, knowing if it was real, if it was going to stick. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, mm -hmm. But, man, he said he wow. could tell a difference. After two weeks, I did not get my nose out of the Bible. Wow. And so uh, it was life-changing. It was a true just born-again experience. I truly had surrendered everything. And uh, I couldn't get enough of the Word. 
And so then slowly but surely I understood. Um, I, I came in contact with my spiritual father um, in Alabama, and he discipled me, and slowly but surely through that relationship and through being corrected and understanding my identity in the Lord, um, I knew that I was supposed to minister to people that I had, um, you know, the, the genre that I had come out of. And that genre was, of course, drugs and alcohol. And so I simply just wanted to start a program to where people could come and get the same thing I got, yeah. and we're seeing lives changed every day. Wow, that's incredible. It's so interesting because as you were talking about it, the missing piece early on was understanding your identity, which is something we're doing right now yeah. in partnership with Metro Drug Coalition with our teens. Right. Um, we're doing a, a program through the Tennessee Preventative Network, uh, offering mm. a curriculum called Positive Action, which is all about their identity, isn't it, Christian? Yeah. And it's so yeah, neat. It's super neat. Uh, right. and, and to think, man, if we can help them, and that's the reason we do what we do, mm-hmm. trying to reach them before they have to learn the hard way. Yeah. Um, gosh, what is it? Bill Wilson always says, it's easier to make men and women than it is to repair boys and girls, you know, that have right. grown up making these decisions. Um, if we could meet, if we could reach them when they're young, mm-hmm. uh, and I may have flipped that quote around, but uh, the gist is this, is that, man, if, if we understand the way God's created us, that's and right. there's a lot of great ministries and, and, and organizations that are out there that are helping. For instance, the uh, we got to meet the birth mom of our last one that we adopted, a um, mm-hmm. little girl. Got to meet her just a, not even a month ago for the first time. We've mm-hmm. had this little girl for over two wow. years. And um, ICE has wrecked her world for I don't know how many years. Man. And she was uh, has been on the streets since she was 17, is now 25. I, I don't want to tell too much of her story, but mm-hmm. we began to see some hope when she had, we thought, hit rock bottom. Mm-hmm. Went back um, to where her grandmother, or her mom was, the grandmother of the little girl we have. And we thought, oh, this is it. And we offered to pay for um, Teen Challenge, mm-hmm. some sort of faith-based programming, because mm-hmm. we knew without answering those issues of identity mm-hmm. and, and the, the real void, That's right. that it would only be some pieces of self-help, That's right. but not really dealing with the root issues. That's right. And um, she wasn't ready to do that. And I hate it. I hate with all our involvement and, and sacrifice into, into her and her mom as well that uh, she she made it six weeks clean, which was remarkable. Mm. But the pull back uh, here mm-hmm. with the relationships that were toxic mm-hmm. and back into this lifestyle mm-hmm. just had too much on her mm-hmm. for that many years. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm praying for her every day. Mm-hmm. And we just believe, though, that, man, it's got to be that other piece. Yeah. It's got to be that piece that I know you're offering and that you found for yourself mm-hmm. uh, to really be the game changer. Yeah. And, and that's, that's why our program is the way it is. It's set up to be a whole year. Uh, long-term recovery we have seen really works more than the short term because of that transformational process and the change of identity. You know, Romans 12, 1 and 2, very familiar scripture, we all know it, but in verse 2, it says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, yeah. that you may know what is that good, acceptable, perfect will of God. Um, we the, the world has conformed us. And the world has molded us. If you look at that word conformed, it, you know, that's basically like a, you know, an understanding of a potter taking a lump of clay. And in all of our surroundings, uh, especially with the kids that you minister to, being in the inner city, look at what molds their mind yeah. every day. Yeah. Look at what they see as cool and what they see is uh, supposed to be the way they act and uh, the way they're supposed to, you know, operate in that society. Um, you know, the world has conformed us, but but Paul says, don't be conformed to the world. Um, mm allow Jesus Christ to transform, and that word transform there is a Greek word, 
metamorphu, which means uh, like metamorphosis, it's the process of a caterpillar to a butterfly. And that comes through the renewing of your mind so that you will know, you know, of course, who you are in Jesus Christ and that identity. And so that's, it's a very needful thing. I mean, I, I just, I was so conformed to the world that, you know, um, I, I, I let the world tell me who I was. And yeah. of course the world told me I needed to be on drugs and alcohol. This is what everybody was doing. This is how you deal with your hurts and your pains and your traumas and your mess ups and all this kind of stuff is you just go get high. Yeah. And that was what I thought that I was supposed to do. But then of course, Jesus fills that void and brings me the new sufficiency and brings me my identity. And now I I don't need that stuff anymore because now I know that he is in my heart and he's the one that brings that everlasting peace that I'll never have to want again. Yeah, that's so good. And yeah. you've got a beautiful family as well. I've gotten to meet some of them. Sure. Um, it's, it's always neat because when we partner with other organizations, um, I remember when Jeremy called me and said, hey, what if we got together? You know, I've got a group of men and you've got a group of kids in the summer. And mm-hmm. what if we got together for a big event? I remember we went out to one of the locations at the time where you guys were housing the men, mm-hmm. played kickball, went fishing, yeah. um, met at parks, Holston River Park, like mm-hmm. just had a big cookout together. And it's neat because you, we can blend some of our efforts together just relationally. Sure. Um, and that, that was always fun. But we I can do that again. That would be fun. That'd we be great. Uh, but tell us a little bit about your family, um, what's going on, family life, what that's yep. been like the last few years. Yeah, um, uh, of course I have a wife, and uh, she we have uh, a um, a twenty year old daughter. Or actually, she's twenty one now. She's just turned twenty one. Uh, I have a sixteen year old son. He plays football at Maryville. Um, and uh, he's actually starting this year as a junior. We're excited That's about awesome. that. Yeah, and he played in the championship game last last year, so we're excited wow. about him. Yeah, um, and he's a great young man. All of them are following the Lord, seeking the Lord. That's great. That's the greatest testimony that you can have. Uh, I have a 13 year old boy, great kid as well, uh, following the Lord, uh, just doing the right thing. And um, and then of course I have a. Uh, three, I mean, a four-year-old daughter, and then I have one, a, a baby that's on the way that's going to be due on June fifteenth. Oh, it's crazy! So, yeah, man, uh, she's a girl too. So uh, we're going to name her Ava. 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 Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So we're excited about. It. We're just trying to, you know, I don't. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, but my wife is nesting, and so there's all kinds of things <laughs> that need to be done around the house, and so that's what oh, I got to do. Yeah, I got to get. I got to get busy doing that. But yeah, love the family. Um, it is definitely a strength to be able to go home from what we experience every day and go home with your family and and let them just minister to you. You know, sometimes yeah. you you don't know how they're going to minister to you, but they do. Uh, just a place by of refuge. Love. Yeah, it is a place of refuge. You just go home and can experience that love and yeah. uh, you know that they're with you no matter what. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I love what you're doing with the men, but uh, you can tell us a little bit about that type of programming. But one of the things that I've heard you tell me about the last couple of years has been the new home for the ladies. Sure. Uh, especially those that um, are pregnant, mm-hmm. expecting, and are struggling with uh, drug misuse mm-hmm. or alcohol mm-hmm. and um, how you've been able to really help some that have from court-ordered to sure. want to be a part of it. Sure. Um, tell us a little bit about the impact you guys are having with these programs. Yeah, um, we wanted to reach out to uh, pregnant women uh, because, you know, that's a, just a void right now. Um, something that True yes. Purpose has always wanted to do is we've always wanted to find the need and fill it, kind of like the Dream Center. You, yeah. know, you mentioned the Dream Center earlier. That's their, that's kind of like Tommy MO. Barnett's old slogan. That's exactly that's right. Just uh-huh. see the need and fill it. Um, we went and visited uh, the Dream Center out in uh, 
2015 out in California. Uh, Paul Harris and I went yeah, out there. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you knew I worked there Ross. for a year. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, were telling me that. Right. I didn't know that. That's that's real cool. So you know that whole DNA. Oh, yeah. Um, but we kind of adopted that. That you know, we everybody can minister to men and women, but what who is not getting ministered to? And so we saw that the pregnant women weren't. The gaps. Um, yeah, yeah, that was the gap. A lot of people saw that and said the first thing they think about is the liability. Um, they say, you know, we, we can't touch that because it's, uh, you know, if something were to happen, it could yeah. you know, bring down everything. You know, we just have to trust God on that. Mm. And we have to trust God and know that, you know, we're going to go out and try to help the hurting and the lost and the broken. And we're going to have to let him cover that. And so um, that's just kind of been our MO that we saw that need and we want to fill it. So we started back in 2000 and. Uh, 18, and since 2018, we have had 19 babies born drug and alcohol free. That's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Even through pandemic. Yeah, sure. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah, sure. And you know, to see those babies, I don't know if anybody has ever seen a baby that is actively detoxing. It will absolutely rip your heart out. Unfortunately, I have. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. I mean, they're shaking uncontrollably. They're crying uncontrollably. They don't. They don't really know where the pain's coming from. Yeah. And they don't know anything to do. I mean, so of course the hospital has to shoot them up with morphine yeah. or pain, pain pills or whatever they're detoxing off of to to try to you know help them and and a lot of people don't understand this as well but um the state of tennessee it would cost the state of tennessee just four thousand dollars for a regular birth it costs the state of tennessee sixty four thousand dollars i believe it for a birth of a baby that is um you know addicted and, and detoxing off drugs and my youngest son spent four weeks at ut medical center wow. four weeks weaning off of morphine Wow. And my wife would go in every day and hold him in the dark mm. while he tremored yeah. with all these mm. contraptions connected to him. I was, I hate to even say it, Jeremy, I was, I was af- afraid to hold him. I was yeah. so concerned that I would, I would, I would hurt him. I would, mm. you know, and he cried so much. And, and I look at him today and most people wouldn't know that about him, that that mm. was, that was his genesis and that mm. was where he started, but that's not where he's ending. No, We've seen right. redemption and, I, and that's why I love so much. I'm mm. so passionate mm. about what you're doing with those ladies so that mm. not only can they find restoration, but those they're bringing into this world um, aren't a mistake and don't have to have a bad start. That's right. And that's why we kind of started. I mean, not, not to say that we um, didn't care for the women because we do, um, but we wanted to reach out to that baby that's inside oh, our stomach. Man. Because when yeah. a woman is, is actively addicted to a substance and using that substance, knowing that there is a baby inside, there's something wrong there. There's a disconnect. And so what we like to see is we like to see the women come in, of course, and, and, and get off the drugs and alcohol and detox. But what starts to happen is that when they're sober and they start finding that new identity that we're talking about, yeah. that new relationship yeah. with Jesus, then what happens is that they just start connecting to the baby that's inside of them. When they're on drugs and alcohol, there's no connection. They Yes, they have a, a, a blowed-up stomach, you know. That's about it. There's no, there's really no connection to yeah. the baby that's living inside of them. Um, but when they start finding that uh, identity, of course, and finding this new life, they start really bonding and they start nesting like we were talking about earlier. They yeah. really start be- doing what a woman is supposed to do, pregnant. And um, then they have the baby and they get to go home with the baby. You know, uh, a lot Come of people, on. yeah, a lot of people don't understand that, that um, 
you know, if if a baby is born addicted, and immediately they they usually use uh, lose the baby right then, straight into the foster care system, yeah. because yeah. you know it's just a big no no, of course, and uh, they don't want to send that baby home with the addicted mother. Um, but you know, when our women are going there and they're having these babies born drug and alcohol free, they get put in their arms and they get to go home with them, and they wouldn't have been able to do that any other way. Yeah, you know. So we're you know we're excited. God's moving oh, in I love that. that, and uh, you know we've we just had some great partners along the way to, yeah. to help us do that. So. Uh, it excites me to hear about preventative uh, ministries that are going in to prevent from brokenness happening, broken up homes. And, and that's been one of the gaps that I've observed as a foster and adoptive parent. Uh, my wife and I have become really passionate about those gaps like you're talking mm-hmm. about because there's still some lack of supports that the system can't serve because they're overburdened with the number of kids that are already in care and foster care. And so they can't come in. That's really where the church and our community can really come in and provide supports that would help families stay whole and healthy and together. Um, And that's still a gap that I feel like, boy, Knoxville could drill deep in Mm -hmm. and really do well with, Mm -hmm. uh, with serving our families and and Mm -hmm. seeing kids stay with, stay with mom, stay with dad. And that's that's his plan. That's, that's God's plan. God's plan is is not for the foster care system. Now, you know it's a it's a plan B, of course. But uh, God's plan is for him, for the baby to be with the with the mother and the father because it came out of their loins, it came out of their womb. And um, you know, I, I'd love to see that as well. That yeah. is a gap that needs to be bridged. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I imagine, like Jesus said, the poor you always have with you. And while there's so much emphasis on Scripture of taking care of the widow and the orphan, those two you are always going to have. Sure. But I think it would please the heart of the Father even more to see that that never had to be the case. Yes. Yeah, you know, to yeah. to know that we could prevent that and, yeah. and right. find restoration on the front end. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's so good, man! Yeah, I love man. what you guys are doing. Thank you. Love what you're doing too, brother. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Christian's got a couple of rapid fire, <laughs> and we've got a couple of questions at the end as well. But yeah. So, <clears throat> favorite movie, Jeremy, this is the movie that you would watch at any point uh, in the movie. You sit down, you turn on the TV, it's, oh, it's three quarters of the way through, but come on, it's my favorite movie. What is that for you? It is, does it have to be just one, or can I mention a couple that's like really close, it's neck and neck? Yeah, I'm a movie guy, so I have like probably ten. Okay, yeah. I have three, I'd say. Uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, Nacho so Libre so and Jack and Jill. Those yeah. are the three movies that I mean, it's just they're just so funny. Yeah. Uh, and if I'm sad or had a rough day, I can go home and literally laugh every single time. I've probably seen the movies. I don't know. Um, 40 or 50 times each. <laughs> awesome. But still, I laugh every single time. Yeah. Just bring me my chapstick. I caught, I caught you this delicious bass. <laughs> yeah. Give me your tots. Those are the Lord's cheeps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The great quotes. Oh, yeah. Great yeah, quotes. that's right. They're yeah. so good. They're so yeah. good. And they're so quotable. So yeah, because of that. Yeah. Um, and we, then you could like break down walls with people. Yeah. Like, oh, you like Napoleon Dynamite? And then you just. Yeah. And see, I've talked to people that they, they've seen Nacho Libre and said, no, I just didn't get into it. I hated the movie. Couldn't stand it. And, you know, it's just a different humor. It's not the, yeah, it's not for everyone. No, it's not. I exposed my kids to it in January when we were in quarantine. Uh, for the first time, they got to watch both Nacho Libre and Napoleon Dynamite. Mm-hmm. And I had to get, try to give them an appreciation for this type of humor to, like, start out the movie. Um, they got into it finally. Yeah. yeah. Like, it takes a minute. Dad, are we watching another one of your stupid movies this Friday? <laughs> yeah. No. We'll watch what you want to. That's yeah, my son can quote the whole Encarnacion song That's that he sings awesome. in the locker room. He can That's quote it and awesome. do it all the way up to the 
What is it? The horn that goes in the middle of it. That goes this <laughs> <laughs> we should have had him on the podcast. Yeah, oh, I know. he can do it. He can do it. Yeah. Um, what about the most influential book or person that you've either other than the Bible? Other, other than, than the Bible, Bible. you beat me. <laughs> I was going to go with the Bible. Um, I would say um, one thing in my life that has been just absolutely life changing with me is the father son relationship. Um, Elijah, Elisha, Jesus, and the disciples, um, and that absolutely changed my life. So I would say the most influential book um, and author would be Mark Hanby, and it's uh, it's a book called You Have Not Many Fathers. Hmm. Um, it just changed my life, That's um, awesome. and that concept changed my life because just the the not that the spiritual father is supposed to mold me and make me into who he is, but the spiritual father is there to mold you to make you into who the father is. The Father in Heaven, yeah. Um, and I learned so much through that relationship. You know, um, Elijah and Elisha. I mean, Elisha is sitting there, um, you know, plowing up the ground with oxen, and all of a sudden, Elijah comes and smites him with his mantle. And uh, basically, Elisha is there to say, "Okay, I'll follow you. I'll give up everything." And Elijah says, "What do I have to do with you? You know, you you do what you want to do." And he goes and tells his family that he's leaving, and he follows Elijah the rest of his life. And then he sees Elijah go up, taken into the whirlwind. And the the big mm-hmm. key uh, point here is that he receives a mantle and he has a double portion. And so, you know, our spiritual fathers father us in an area and in ways that we are supposed to go twice as far as them. Yeah. Um, why do we want to take what God has shown us and get all the wisdom that? he's given us why do we want to take that to the grave it's not going to do any good in the Mm. grave um we won't even really use it in heaven i don't believe um you know it's one of those things that we need to instill and disciple here um on earth to give it to other people so that they can glean from the stuff that we've learned you know we can literally cut 10 15 years off of individuals if we tell them what we have learned and what god has shown us those those questions like hey i had a dream what does this mean or what does Mm -hmm. the scripture mean you know those are the kind of things that just absolutely will change your life and so the father-son principle is is the biggest thing that's so good you have not many fathers and i love that uh we won't be discipling in heaven that's the commission now that's that's the commission now yeah that's so good yeah um what about comfort food that you you mentioned like you can watch a movie when like Napoleon Dynamite you come home sad. What about the what's the meal you're eating with it? My wife's potato soup. Potato mm. soup. All right. Yeah, it just it's just puts there. O'Charlie's to shame. Oh man, smokes O'Charlie's. Oh yeah, man, smokes, no offense O'Charlie's, but it smokes. <laughs> They're not yeah. one of our sponsors yet. So. <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay. We uh, I put cheese in it, bacon. Oh and yeah. I have oyster crackers that I eat. With loaded it. potato soup with oyster crackers. I miss I miss those days of being able to eat the loaded potato soup, oh, cream man. based. Sorry, lactose and top. Yeah, I need like the oat oat version. <laughs> Gross. I'm sorry. Coconut. Um, milk. Coconut milk would be yep, good. Yeah. I like coconut milk. Yeah, loaded potato soup. I love it. Uh, spring's here. Trees mm-hmm. are blooming. When it's not raining, what's your favorite outdoor activity? Trout fishing. Oh, yeah. I go mm-hmm. to Little River. You um, fly or you? Uh, I do both, but mainly I use a little spinning reel, okay, uh, rod and reel, um, little you know five footer, um, and one of the small micro reeling uh, spinning reels, and um, just fish with worms and just all kinds of stuff. I go to Little awesome. River in Townsend. Yeah. It's not doing too good right now. Um, you know, I don't know why, but I talked to a, 
a fish whisperer huh. the other day, and he said May is usually when it starts hitting really good. So you've been river. going even recently. I have, yeah, yeah, but just not been able to catch anything. So you have to try it other places right now. But they gotcha. say, you know, May is supposed to be really good. And Pittman Center and, and, and Sevierville uh, up in that area is a really good place uh, yeah. to go. And so, yeah, trout huh. fishing is what I love. Yeah. Rainbow awesome. trout are so pretty. Oh. Yeah, yeah, they so are. Pretty, One of the yeah. easiest uh, fish to clean. Yeah, sure. And to just cook up. Oh, they're mm-hmm. so good. Yep, yeah, it's good. Good tasting, too. Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. I don't That's think awesome. I've had one, but you try it. No? Yeah, no, they're good. Not. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're good. Uh, funniest, most bizarre ministry experience? Man, I, I would not. I mean, I our, bet there's a lifetime of these. There is, and I, I don't know that I could name one. I was thinking about that. I mean, literally, we have our high, I mean, our uh, ministry is kind of like a high school. <laughs> I mean, you got to think about it. You have 72 men on a campus. Oh, man. Uh, anywhere from. That's actually know, more than my graduating class. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> CAK over here. Yeah. yeah CAK. Yeah, the uh, the arguments of he drank a glass of my milk. I had a milk, then I, and I wrote my name on my milk in my fridge. You know, I mean, just all kinds of stuff. So I really, I, I'm sorry, y'all, but I so don't. the everyday nonsense. Oh, it is. Yeah. It's every day. Yeah, every day. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really, I don't really know of one particular instance. Yeah, I, I, I try to think. That's a I, tough I off the cuff one. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is. That's tough. Yeah. You know, something you said about um, about the the impactful book in your life uh, really reminded me, uh, you know, we're not going to be making disciples later on, mm-hmm. um, but this is the impact of that, that father upon a child, that mentor on a mentee. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you go back and tell your 22-year-old self if you could today? Well, I got to go back to what I was struggling with. Um, you know, I gotta, I gotta say, of course I was struggling with drugs and alcohol heavy. I actually gave my heart to Jesus in 23. Mm. Um, so, um, so maybe you, you can tell your 22 year old self something and then you can tell your 23. Like, th- yeah. Those may be different conversations. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, my 22 year old self, I'd say get off drugs and alcohol and give your heart to Jesus and find your identity in him. Um, uh, my 23 year old, uh, just coming off of drugs and alcohol, um, I would say to submit yourself as much as you possibly can to your authorities. Mm. Um, rebellion uh, was something that was just really inside of me, um, and that's why drugs and alcohol was so prevalent in my life. I had a problem with authority. I had a problem with police officers. I had a problem with uh, anybody that was over me. I uh, didn't trust anybody, didn't trust any of my leadership. And um, uh, I would say that, um, you know, Pastor Tom Sturbins, I know you know yeah. him, uh, he used to say uh, that obedience is the vessel in which grace is poured. Hmm. Um, and I would say that that is very, you know, it's very strong in my life that the more that I submitted myself, the faster I grew. And the more that I learned in Jesus and the more that I learned about myself. Um, and so I would say submission and, 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 of course, dealing with the rebellion and submitting yourself to all authorities. That's so good. Yeah. You know, we still see that um, even after a point of redemption, you know, there's some of these things that still follow us that haven't been sanctified. And you see that even in the world. You see it in church ministry and organizations. Yeah. Um, we, we call them entrepreneurs, and sometimes it's rebellion. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, and they sure. should be under, under someone else for a season, especially sure. to have that broken out of us and, sure. and to see humility and still. And uh, that doesn't come the easy way, does it? No. No, and as, as I was uh, preaching the other day, and uh, I said, you know, I was talking about the father-son principle. And I said, you know, if we look at Jesus, literally he trained 30 years for three years of ministry. We won't train thir- three years for 30 years of ministry. 
So true. You know what I'm saying? We we think no patience for that. That's right. We think, hey, you know what? I have arrived, and I know everything, and I should be able to be up there and running this and running that, because this is my time to shine. But um, another, you know, aspect is is just being hidden in the house. That's the wonderful thing about being a father, um, being a son to a father, is that that father knows what you need, you know, to, as far as your spiritual walk and when you need to get out and when you don't, you notice that Jesus, he sent the disciples out, but he would send them out two by twos, but it wouldn't be forever. He would say, yeah. go out, heal the back. sick, raise the dead, come back, yeah. you know, and that's exactly right. They would come back after being out and he would teach them and train them and all that kind of stuff. And, and so that's the whole hmm. aspect of the father-son relationship, just, you know, even Mary, I mean, with Jesus, he was 12 years old and he was man, ministering to those Pharisees like never before, talking to them about mm-hmm. the scriptures, wealth of wisdom. But Mary went in there and said, no, uh-uh, it's not your time. You've got to come back. Yeah. And we didn't hear from him for 18 years. I mean, this is Jesus, the son of God. Yeah. Um, but Mary pulled him out of the temple and he submitted to it. You notice he didn't say, no, woman, I'm going to do what I want to do. He said, okay, you got it. I'm going to come with you and I'm going to submit so myself. So interesting. Yeah. As you're saying that, I'm even thinking about his first miracle. That wasn't his idea. That's right. It was hers. It was hers. She was the one that and pulled him out, and she was the one that released him. Yeah. And he even really said, woman, it's not my time. But what did he do? He still did it because she was the yeah. one that pulled him out of the temple, and she was the one that released him. And that shows that there is power in spiritual authority. There sure is. There You're is. making me think about Watchman Nee's books on spiritual authority and submission. Oh, yeah, man. Um, yeah. Such wealth of wisdom and all yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. That's another one that's very influential. Yeah. His, his under, understanding of spirit, soul, and body. Marismos, yeah, Hebrews four twelve, um, and it absolutely changed. He speaks my life. another spiritual language. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Is. so revelatory, man. So, what do you see? What's what's in the future now? I don't know. We haven't mentioned this. Some people uh, don't know that True Purpose Ministries isn't just in Tennessee. You've yes. been able to duplicate uh, this model in other states, and I'm just curious. Like, what do you see coming up in the future? Uh, maybe you've got a one, two, five year plan. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's um, that look like? It is, again, going back to Dream Center's um, MO, uh, their vision. It's just seeing the need and feeling it. And um, I'm sure that everybody knows with the drug and alcohol rehabilitation culture and the environment, there is just always needs that are that are needing to be filled. And so that's what we want to do. We want to we want to be able to mold um, and move with the with just the just the way everything is going in the rehabilitation field um, and find those needs and fill it. And so I already have some ideas on my heart. A lot of it is clinical. Um, you know, with our faith based programs, um, the clinical model is something that's just, you know, almost considered taboo because the idea of being state licensed, they're going to come in and tell you that you can and can't preach Jesus. Um, You know, I I think it would be different if we were in New York or California, you know, they would probably tell us that. Um, But we're in Tennessee and currently right now um, they are okay with us, uh, with our identity of who we are. And so True Purpose holds an identity of being faith-based. However, we are state licensed. And so our idea, of course, is just to go into those genres that the gospel is not being preached and not being touched. Yeah. Um, and that's what we want to do. And we want to see the need and fill it. And, of course, see the need with the gospel and fill it with the gospel. Yeah, that's yeah. so good. Well, Bill Lee made a big announcement last week um, that involved partnerships, both with Tennessee Kids Belongs and I forget the other organization, to um, help 
put an end to foster care and mm-hmm. um, the need to have a home, not not put just an end to foster care, I'm sorry, but to put a need for a home for a forever child, mm-hmm. uh, meaning find every adoptable kid a forever home. And um, he said, we, we have to tur- turn to our faith-based community. We have Amen. to turn to our network of churches. We have to understand that that is one of our greatest assets as a people in Tennessee. That's right. And uh, just this morning, talking to Ross Jones at the Dream Center, he was telling me about a conversation with the principal at Bearden High School, where his mm-hmm. kids went, and said, you know, we've got to stop doing the same old, same old that isn't turning out the results that we've hoped, and we've got to start looking to our faith-based partners. That's right. And I was like, mm-hmm. say what? So could you say that a little bit louder for the folks <laughs> yeah, I need to play this for yeah, later exactly, on? Exactly. Because that's it. And and um, mm-hmm. we're not coming in acting like we 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 have all the answers or we're not going to partner with other people that may not have be a faith. Mm-hmm. Um, but boy, we really do have an opportunity to be the hands and feet in Jesus. And we believe mm-hmm. that this is the hope, not only for, for now, for today, mm-hmm. but for eternity. And it leads to life transformation. That's right. The statistics are phenomenal on uh, a drug and, and alcohol rehabilitation program mm-hmm. that has faith included. Yes, that's the right. statistics are next to, I mean, it, it doesn't right. have a comparison that's right. in my mind. And so I, and the answer is right in front of us. And I just hope that in this hour, our culture can cannot push away the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the light's going to shine brighter in this darkness. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hope to see you fill in more gaps Amen. as God's called you. So how can folks get connected, find out more about, about you and about True Purpose Ministries? Uh, well, our website is truepurposeministries.com. You can go on there and just find a lot of stuff about us and uh, connect with us. We're also on Facebook. Uh, I think we might even have an Instagram page out there somewhere. <laughs> you, you obviously don't run that. <laughs> That's so good. No, not, not as much. I mean, I you know I need to do more. But yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, you can go on there and find us and uh, get connected with us. And our main campus is in Maryville. So you know, anytime uh, anybody would like to stop by, we're at twenty six twenty eight Morganton Road, kind of over there by the mall in Maryville. And uh, we'd uh, love to have you out and volunteer. Any, any we try to find something for us to do, of course. So that'd be awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah. Jeremy, thank you again for coming on today. And, thank you for having um, me. I'm sure our listeners have enjoyed hearing your story and just what how yeah. God's using you. So I cool. Have. Yeah. So yeah. cool. Thank you. It's a it's a it's a story of God's grace. That's all it is. Um, you know, without Him, I would be nothing. So, yes. Thank you. Likewise. Well, until next time, listeners. Thanks for joining us again for another episode of Coffee and Conversations. As always, relationships, faith, and leadership. Hoping you can make a difference in your world today. 